I hate to say it, but that's a brilliant example of how deep a topic that is, mm. isn't it? If you can really hit, is. Hit, some, hit someone like that. It consumed me that. I didn't even feel it coming on. I couldn't. I, if I felt it coming on, I could have switched the subject Weird, a bit. Because I saw it coming I on. I just saw it. It was literally like being there again. Yeah, it's horrible. Isn't it? Hi, I'm Dr. Sab Cohen-Hatton. I'm a neuroscientist specialising in animal and human learning mechanisms. And I'm Jamie Penrith. I'm a canine predatory behaviour specialist and a former police dog handler. And I'm Danny Wells. I'm a dog trainer and I specialise in unwanted behaviour. Every week we sit down to talk about the latest research in canine psychology. And more importantly, how you can apply it to your own dog to get to know them a little bit better. Welcome to The Dog Scholar. Do dogs grieve when other dogs die? I've lost dogs over the years that were really, really close to each other and as hand on my heart I can say the other dog didn't care. Didn't yeah. care less. Be and I'll tell you why. Because as upset as I was, I pulled my socks up and I carried on with the same routine that I've always done with my dogs and it was like nothing ever happened at all. That's my perception of it. What about you, Jamie? I think there'll be million and one people would disagree mm. you know with, with you and with, and with me because we'll share a, a pretty sort of like similar it's an emotive yeah, topic it's a coping strategy yeah, for people an, yeah it's an emotive topic and you're going to elicit emotions in people where they we want to see that you know I want to think that my yeah. dog has got the capacity to grieve the loss of another one the reality for me right so I'm not saying for anybody else anybody can have their own yeah. it's harmless to have your own interpretations on things last year I lost one and yeah. this year earlier on I, I lost, lost one another last year one. as well yeah. so I lost a dog Tilly oh, within yeah, our within our uh, it was a seven dog household so we've got grandmother and grandfather then we had Tilly which is their daughter then we got Pumpkin which is her daughter and then we've got Truman and Tink which is their, her yeah uh, son and daughter so you're moving a, a significant a key part of that yeah, family yeah, structure yeah. so you've got the social bond in there you've got the familial significance yeah. of her with shared it. genetics yeah. Yeah. yeah and you've got the interaction that she's had in bringing up certainly the two well yeah. her own pup and the two younger pups very you know, influential yeah, yeah very very yeah. matriarch brilliant lessons caught on camera etc 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 did their behavior change in the slightest when would, she'd gone i would guess no well, Nothing. one study that I found for this episode, you will be pleased to know, set out to look at this question precisely. And they used something called the morning dog questionnaire. Now, morning is in like, you know, you're What sad. did the dog's answer? Yeah, not the time of the day. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, it was definitely yeah. the scientists yeah. filling it out and not the dogs. Yeah. And Shelley actually, the poodle said. Woof. But they did this on people that had multiple dog households and one of the dogs had died. So they were surveying the owners to see what behaviours the dogs displayed during that time. But the commonality that we had of all of the, the people that participated in the study is all of their dogs had lost a member of their pack. Yep. They wanted to know if there were any behavioural changes in the dogs and whether they were down to the loss of the dogs, regardless of how the owner was feeling about it. The changes that they saw were things like increased attention-seeking for comfort and the dogs were eating less, as well as emotional changes like increased fearfulness. Mm. So there were definitely behavioural changes. The better the dogs got on, the closer the dogs were, the more pronounced the changes were. Although I've got to stress, it was the quality of the relationship between the dogs that made a difference, not the length of time the dogs had lived together. Oh. So if they had a good relationship, if they were close, then the, the grief-like responses were more pronounced. Now, social animals yeah. tend to cooperate anyway. 
and they can synchronize their behaviors when they live together. Yeah. So they eat together and they play together and they sleep together. So the loss of one can disrupt the routine. So what we're seeing and perceiving as grief could be because their routine has been disrupted okay. and they're that's what I would that, that. that's what that's what I would suggest because you know in the previous podcast we talked about um, someone asked the question about the dog changing its behavior when a child was added when you take away one or you add one you can get the same sort yeah, of responses yeah, yeah yeah and it could also be due to the loss of an attachment figure because yeah. they've lost that dog that they yeah. were attached yeah. to they were bonded and we know mm-hmm. that lot, dogs yeah. can bond because we've looked at their brain chemistry and we see the release of oxytocin which has been in- implicated in things like love and bonding and trust so we know that dogs can get attached to another dog or another person but it could be a response to the change of behavior in the owner because the owner's i would suggest that yeah Yeah, so be responding to that have we got any evidence to suggest that the dog is even aware of its mortality and that there is an expiry date on it nope so we can't really say they understand what's happening nope for that so what i would say is they're more likely to just be responding to a change in their environment and Mm. you know not a lot of people know that when you add a second dog to a household you're supposed to spend individual time with each dog and have the dog more bond with you and look to you for guidance. Yeah. But most households don't do it. It's dogs together from yeah. the start. So when one's missing, there's 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 a big yeah. hole missing in the other dog's life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. If if you believed that your dog was grieving, so you were kind of humanising your dog, you'd expect to see more grief responses, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Interestingly, there wasn't a link between people who tended to humanise their dog and the grief responses in their dogs. So that bit was separate. So it doesn't look like they're just projecting their human grief onto the dogs. We, we feel better when others can relate to what we're going through. So seeing that in the dog would give some sort of comfort that, yeah. that, that you know, mm. oh, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not alone in this pain. We're feeling this together. Yeah. But I think it's very important to rationalise that because as a dog owner, I personally, it's an individual choice for everyone. It's your dog and, it's, you know, how you interact is your business. But I don't want, if I can prevent others from going through a pain that I'm going through, I will do everything I can in my best efforts to, to stop that from happening. And with me dogs, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Losing Brody, Brody was my main dog. I've talked about him before. Um, he's in the, the 100 um, best Malinois in the um, in Europe book. He was just, that, you know, everyone has that one dog that you're never going to mm. forget. It's yeah. just, there's nothing can replace it. And that was Brody. I swear to God, I was borderline suicidal for nearly two years when I lost that dog. I was absolutely mortified. But you know what I did? I sobbed my heart out in the bedroom, pulled my socks up, and I had Flint with him at the time and I took Flint for a walk and Flint didn't care. Flint, Flint was just playing retrieve games like he normally does, come back in, his routine never changed. And then when I put him away, I went back upstairs, I fucking hate You know what I mean? Yeah, My point so is... Hard. Did Flint grieve? Um, no, i never seen any. He didn't change his... If anything, he looked more giddy. He looked more... But you were in a situation where you'd be prone to be able to think, I'm grieving, therefore Yeah, I yeah, but I think the, just for me job, just because of me job, I rationalised it. And to be honest, it became a bit of a coping strategy to, to rationalise it. But it made me... Do you know, it also made me envious of Flint. It really did. I remember thinking, I'm going through this absolute god-awful pain. And he doesn't have a clue what's just, going on. Yeah. He's just, He's just like, oh, I'm playing ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that goes to show how good an environment that you'd given him because you acknowledge yeah. the structure, you maintain the structure, yeah. so he didn't yeah. experience the well, yeah. same loss. I've, Being I've, strong I've is hard, things. though. It is it? hard. No, it's very it's hard. a lot of pressure, whether yeah. you're grieving your, you know, a loss of somebody or even if you're grieving the loss of a dog, trying to be strong and doing those yeah. strategies that you're talking about. It is still tough. Yeah. And, you know, it could be some form of 
really primitive cross-species empathy that the dogs are experiencing. It could, they've lived with humans for thousands of years, so it's more than possible, given how we've evolved together in really close social groups, that that could be the case. But equally, think about the cognitive capacity of a dog. It's the equivalent yeah. to about a two to yeah, three-year-old. Yeah. For me, it's more likely to be a response to a different change behavioral changes. Yeah. yeah, whether that's loss of an attachment figure because of the, the because mm. they were bonded to the but dog or because of, uh, because of something that's changed in the household. And that's to be respected equally as grief. Yeah. You know, I, it, a struggle is a struggle, regardless whether it comes from grief or a change of environment. Our job as dog owners, in my opinion, is to be there. You know, what a what a powerful what a powerful thing that we possess to be able to alleviate that sort of life's pressure mm. off another species. You know, imagine imagine you like it's literally having the power. You've just lost your mum, you're okay. I am okay. Imagine having that power, being able to take people's pain away. Yeah. And that's what you've got with your dog if you if you approach things sensibly, you know. And like Jamie said, that's a lot of people really will disagree and say the dogs are grieving, but... Different people have different interpretations of grief anyway, don't they? People grieve in different ways. It's a different journey for, for, for everybody. And so it's quite difficult, I think, to be able to stipulate what constitutes grief yeah. in another animal when it's really quite difficult to say... To, complex, to give, yeah, to, it is, yeah, yeah. To, to give absolutes in our own and I don't think there's anything wrong with people thinking yeah I do grieve you know or, or yeah. yeah my dog does grieve like I say but it is a huge what you're asking you know and, and when you said the awareness of its own mortality yeah. for a dog to be able to think um, you know I am living yeah. my life will come to an end once that life comes to an end all that I know will cease to be yeah. or and then to be able to transfer that onto members of my social group and to think they are living, they will come to an end, such and such. If that were the case, then ways in which I did things would surely be very, very different and not so living in the It can be a problem. If your child was grieving, you would comfort them and it's going to be okay and this kind of thing. You apply that same attitude to a dog and you're going to perpetuate a problem. So that's where the problem lies. If you're, if you're pouring your heart into your dog and your dog's already going through its own version of things are changing here and I'm not comfortable with it. You are massively perpetuating a problem that's in your dog and this is where you're going to go, the dog's died and my dog's behaviour has gone, I can't control the dog, they're lashing out, they're threatening to be destructive when I leave the house and it's all because the dog died. This is, where the, this is where the problem I see as a working dog trainer, and I'm sure you've seen it before as well, just, Jamie. Just as a final, with a child, not only is a child, depending on their age, yeah. but is a child, uh, is capable of understanding their own mortality yeah. or the concept of their own mortality, but equally we can verbalise, yeah. rationalise, we can reduce yeah, that yeah. grief feeling, we can explain it yeah. away to a child, which is something that we can't do and, to a And I think we also inoculate the stress around grief for children. We don't go, yeah, the dead, it's okay. We go, oh, um, na nanny's in heaven now. Nanny's in heaven with granddad. Oh, yeah, oh, are they? Yeah, okay. And then as they get a bit older, yeah, you're not really going to see nanny no more, mate, because, you know, they're in heaven. And then it, 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 it morphs into you know, death's a part of life and, you know, it, it, it's inevitable. It's nothing to be fear, fearful of. And then eventually, yeah, you're just dead. You, yeah. don't, you, don't, just, you don't just hit them with it. You, you inoculate the stress around the subject for a long period like a of time, exposure. preparing them for it, yeah, gradual exposure. I mean, you know, the understanding of the concept of death is something that's challenging even for humans, isn't yeah. it? You're right, you know, not you wouldn't necessarily know that as a two to three-year-old child if we're comparing the canine mind yeah. to that. But what we definitely have seen in dogs is evidence of a response to that loss. There's no doubt they can experience a negative feeling in relation to that, which would explain some of the behavioural changes. There's no doubt they might be seeing things that are different in their owner 
that's resulting in some of the behavioural changes. So for me, despite the fact that they might not understand the concept of mm. death, they will absolutely feel the ache of that loss. How can you possibly say it is 100% grief when there's absolutely no evidence that the dog's even aware of its mortality? And what a blissful existence that is, by the way. It, isn't it? Yeah. So you, don't, you, you don't have to worry about your impending doom. You don't have to worry that you might get cancer. You don't have to worry. All you do is live in a world of, I don't like that, but I like this, and I'll do this. Right I'll do at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a bliss. I'm just this thinking about that. I work with dogs. This know, is why just... I chose to work with dogs, because when you surround yourself in that blissful ignorance, it picks you up. It's a good feeling. Well, one thing that humans do is something called confirmation bias. Mm. So we'll have a tendency to look for pieces of information in our environment that match the idea that we have in our heads. Um, and we can do that selectively sometimes. So if you're convinced that your dog is grieving, you're going to look for signs that yeah. kind of confirm that. And would that be right in saying that if you're going through some sort of trauma or grief yourself, you're more likely to look for look for that and share that experience yeah, with, with another individual yeah, or another species? Undoubtedly. Yeah. Would yeah. the flip side of that not be true? That if I think my dogs don't grieve, then if I see something that could be grieving, yeah. I interpret it as being not grieving because I want to confirm my own bias that dogs yeah, don't grieve. Yeah, quite possibly. That was there. a beautiful double negative there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go back into that conversation. Quite possible, but what, what I would argue is if you're on that side of the fence, you're probably more likely to be a lot more rational in your thought. It's a lot easier to cloud your judgments when you're really emotionally invested and, and upset and grieving. Yeah, but it is a perspective thing, isn't it? You know, and it's funny because we talk about which side of the fence, which side of the fence you're on depends completely on your view. So if I was to draw a big six in the middle of the table now, I'd be convinced it was a six, but you'd be looking at it, you'd be like, no, that's absolutely a nine. Yeah, that's yeah, 100%. 100%, a nine. 100%. Okay, I'll give you an I'd example. I think it'd look like a pair of broken binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A yeah. monocle with a handle. Yes. Yeah. Where are My, me and, The way me and... What me and, my, what me, what me and my partner get out of dogs is two completely different things. I love being dead active with the dogs. I love training them. I love taking them out. I love watching them roll around and interact, all this kind of stuff. And I love progressing them in terms of... I like teaching them new things and they learn different things. Charlotte likes to spoon them. She likes to have a little wrestle with them. She, she you know, if... if, if she, she's straight on it, checking their paws, checking their ears and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, when we lose one, she really, really struggles. But So we've got two different personality types there who interact and get something completely different from dogs. And I remember when Jeffrey died last year, and Jeffrey was your staff Jeffrey was the Staffordshire Bull Terrier we had, and we rescued the, um, the the other bull breed, Ralph, who had really bad anxiety issues when we first got him. And Jeffrey and Ralph were together all the time. Yeah. And when Jeffrey died, um, I remember of a morning the the we used to let him out and they run around chasing each other around the garden. So I just filled that gap, I let him out in the morning, chucked the ball, and he'd done the same thing but for a ball. And I remember. I remember she, every now you know what it's like when you lose your dog or you lose anything. One minute you're all right, next minute you get a lump in your throat and you're yeah. off. And I remember Charlotte with a lump in her throat and she went, he doesn't give a shit, does he? And I went, no, he doesn't. But that's a good thing, Charlotte. He doesn't have to experience this. It's, it, it, it takes joy in seeing that he's fine. That's mm. good. She went, I'm just jealous. <laughs> it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it's one of the, one of the certainly when you're talking about grief, when you've said about uh, ration, being rational or being logical, Sometimes people will confuse that because there are d different types of people, mm. aren't there? And you, and you can yeah. be a logical person or you can be an emotive sort of person who, who perhaps sees more into things that a logical person would say, show me the evidence to 
to, yeah. to you know to demonstrate that. But quite often with some because I'm logical around yeah. and I'm quite pragmatic and you know in in regards of our own mortality and things like that. But that can come across as being a bit cold to a lot of yeah. people. Do you not think a bit of like compassion fatigue that that kind of thing? Yeah. You know, is it is it is I mean, it such a bad thing to have those softer edges where you can think? It's, I don't think any any. I don't think either's bad as long as as long as you know you, you're true to who you are. It, yeah. You know, it's like it, just like you you wouldn't you wouldn't get angry at someone because they're not grieving in the same way as you well don't get angry at people who perceive the world in a certain way everyone's built differently aren't yeah. they when we're I know when you'll be the same as me when I'm training with people if something were to happen that, and the dog thinks oh or the dog thinks oh what the, what the heck was that and I'm just sort of move on doesn't matter move on get, you know continue yeah, don't, that, yeah. don't draw anything to yeah. it let's go on let's do, 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 that's you know, exactly where that, I'm going yeah, with it that's and, exactly and, where and I'm going whereas with you it. could have somebody you could say why well why you know they yeah. just spooked at something or, or they didn't expect or whatever it happens to be because you don't want to magnify it. Yeah. You don't want to amplify yeah. it by drawing attention to it. And I think I'm probably right in saying that that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. what I'm saying. You can see it with children. You know, when, Har- when Harper was growing up, I mean, I'm, 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 my older daughter, Ebony, if she fell over, unless I witnessed anything that needed attention, I go, come on, get up, let's go. Yeah, I don't yeah. want her to go, uh, and, and, and you can see it. You see when kids fall, are you, are you okay? Yeah, the kids yeah. end up a wreck. Like yeah. like everything, every little bit of adversity, they, they fold. We've got to build a bit of resilience and build, you know, it, you're doing it for the greater good, aren't yeah. you? When you say move on to your dog, you're doing it because you know if you do that, your dog will move on. Yeah. And now your dog won't freak out when he hears a car backfire well, or, or a wagon goes you, The resilience that yeah. you feel, you want to transfer And that's again, applying that logical thought. Yeah. So that there's not an irrational emotive outcome. Inside, you might be thinking, oh, God, all the time. oh my God, all or the whatever time. it happens all the to time, yeah. yeah, but externally, that isn't what yeah. you're projecting. It's about making the right decisions despite how you, yeah, you feel. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, get it. yeah I mean, there is something, isn't there, about being mindful about how you're feeling and your own needs, if you like, yeah. but then doing the right thing for, for your dog. Yeah, 100%. that's exactly where I'm going with it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, I, I think it's a, yeah. a real and, and it's I think hard, you, isn't if it? Because you, you feel it. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, you, you really it. do feel it. Yeah. But um, you know, from my personal experience, again, every, everyone's different. With not, not talking as a dog trainer, I'm talking as a dog owner. Um, it really did help me see helping and helping my other dogs and seeing and seeing them not struggle like me that gave me comfort yeah i'm sure it would for you yeah it's like taking yeah, yeah. And, and taking control yeah. when you say about the feelings taking control of them rather than being controlled by them yeah that's Do you yeah. know what i mean and because there's no doubt that dogs will respond to the way that you're behaving mm. there's no yeah. doubt that they'll be you know potentially even registering how you're feeling you know we've we've looked at research that looks at um chemo signals which are basically chemical messengers in your sweat and they change depending on whether you're fearful or whether you're happy so dogs can also quite literally smell your mood so you have all of these things that are happening that are giving indications to your dog so they might be reacting in a very kind of um, black box hardwired way to go that behavior that I'm registering on my owner means this will happen yeah so it absolutely could be the case that the dog is sensing your distress not necessarily knowing its grief or not necessarily sensing your grief but sensing your distress and then wow. feeling so it that's kind of like if you surround yourself with negative people you start becoming negative exactly yeah that. oh wow exactly. Oh, that might just be because they're really miserable you know dogs live a blissful existence of ignorance where they don't have to worry about the things that we have to worry about why would you subject them to something like that when you can literally allow them to just move on with yeah. the life yeah 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 shield them from she, it yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't if i if we all didn't have to go through grief or sickness or any of that wouldn't that be great mm. wouldn't that be great but it's you know it's a part of life for us and if it doesn't have to be a part of a life for a different species let them enjoy that don't subject them to the the 
bollocks that we have to deal with. Do you know what I mean? So, so would you, I mean, I, I would say, and, I, and I'm guessing from yeah. what you say, you would agree with it. I'm, I'm not sure, uh, Sab, but would you say that there's no real value? I wouldn't in, say there's value that. in that. No. I wouldn't say there's value. You, I think the value you would get is feeling at ease yourself. I think it would be, or uh, possibly uh, making it feel worse for you, yourself you, by feeling that that's something that you yeah. Have well, to sometimes, do. sometimes when we're in a state of grief, we want to subject ourselves to pain. We're in this perpetual cycle of torturing yes. ourselves, yeah. and yeah. you know, you, you lose your dog. How many times have you lost your dog and you're going through your phone and looking at your pictures and you go, oh, what am I doing? Do you know? In the end, I was doing that to a to the and, and Charlotte will attest to this. I was doing that so much that I, got, I come downstairs, my eyes were bloodshot red, sobbing, and Charlotte went, Daniel, what are you doing? I literally went in the living room and took every picture of him off. I took all his trophies off the, off the, I put it all in a box. I took his ball, his bowl, his check chain. I took everything and I put it in a box and I put it in the loft. And I swear to God, I get a bit well overwhelmed saying this. Oh, so I said in the loft, I said to him in the loft. I'm sorry, mate, but I can't look at it. I'm not yeah. ready for it. Yeah, yeah. It's well difficult for us to go. Yeah, I can well understand that. But that's the thing, you know, dogs become such I a huge part yeah, of our lives. Yeah, of course. No, don't. Oh, bless him. I, I hate to say it, but that's a brilliant example of how deep a topic that is, mm. isn't it? If you can really hit, is. hit, some, hit someone like that. I had to clear everything out the house because I was in this perpetual cycle of torturing myself. And I think that what you brought up just then about, you know, you need to see that that can be a, a form of that. You know, we just need to see, you know, the, the process of upset and, and, and we torture ourselves with it. I think I, I at the time, so, so one of my police dogs that I took to have, had to have put to sleep because he'd gone through hell in terms of, you know, medical aspects but he was a fighter and he'd come back from it so you generally you know your logical pragmatic <coughs> you know rational yeah. self would say now's the time don't put it well look, he's come back and the vet would say mm, seems like he's going on he went on but was almost like prone to um developing conditions and stuff and in the end it was he has to go and that was the most horrendous at that time thing loss that that, that i'd experienced and i think as a defense mechanism Logic, pragmatism, do you know detachment? I suppose a bit of an emotional detachment kicked in to say, "Don't put yourself through that again." With yeah, regards yeah. to a dog, yeah, I and when, what, yeah. And when I lost, um, I, I've lost several dogs, but dogs since then, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, and you'll yeah. probably agree with this as well, Sam. And I'm sure that there are millions of people with dogs who have lost dogs who could agree with this that. It might not be at that moment in time that it hits, but a few days later. So you can be rational, you can yeah, be logical, yeah, yeah. you can be, yeah, well, it's got to do it. It's for, the, it's for the greater good, you know, with my nice utilitarian outlook or whatever. But a few days later, everyone's human and yeah. it hits you like a ton of bricks, yeah. Yeah. you know, and there's just, there's, I don't think there yeah. is this, you're that way, so you're not that way. It's, it's very much a case of having both. I, I don't think I'll grieve for anything as much as I grieve for that dog. I think it made me a better person. But to be honest, I've lost their family members and everything. I've always been a little bit cold. <laughs> but when I lost that dog, I kind of was aware that, you know what, I've got from that dog more, uh, the biggest life lesson. I can now empathise with people in a state of grief because I never really had that. I remember like, uh, you know, nans and granddad's funerals, being a bit upset, but being like, fucking hell, you know, pull your socks up, you'll be all right. And after that... I didn't really have the ability to empathise with, with that, but now, God, I, 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 I'd do anything not to have anyone go through what I went through when I lost that bloody dog, honest to God. Some, sometimes I think 
people don't un, don't acknowledge just how tightly bonded you can become with a mm. dog. There's some really interesting research that's shown how tight that emotional bond can be, and that the attachment you that you know, experience. Yeah. You know about tight yeah, emotional yeah. bonds. Absolutely, absolutely. My dog Menace. Um, for those listeners that don't know, I experienced homelessness when I was um, a teenager. I spent the best part of two and a bit years rough sleeping on and off. Um, and I had a, a dog called Menace. He was a stray dog and I was a stray girl, so it kind of worked. Mm. And he lived with me during that period and he was literally the only social and emotional connection I had at a time when I was otherwise completely shut off from the rest of the world, completely isolated. And he, when I recovered from homelessness, because it is a recovery, when I survived it, he was with me. He was with me when I had my first secure accommodation. He was with me when I then had my first house. He was with me when I had my daughter and he died about 14, a really old dog. Um, it was really sad. He was super old, um, super arthritic, yeah. you know. You, you know what they get like when yeah, they're really yeah. age. Um, but he got hit by a car. Someone hit him and he'd escaped. Someone hit him and just drove off, left him on the side of the road um, and he died in my arms, in the car, on the way to the vet. And it was the most painful, heartbreaking thing just to see him slipping away from you. And like his eyes closing and you just know they're not gonna open again. Yeah. I, I swear to you, I didn't speak to anyone for a week. I was not interested. There was nothing you could have done to yeah, come from yeah. me at that point in time. Um, and I think that there might be people that have experienced losing a dog and felt bad about how bad they felt. And you really shouldn't. Mm. Because no. the bonds that you experience can be as close yeah. as any human I, I attachment that. figure. Yeah. I had that. I had that sense of guilt. Like I have not grieved like this for me family members. What 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 is going on? And it took him. It took a good few years to just for me to just accept. You know what? F fuck the narrative. Grief is grief. Yeah, Whether yeah, you're yeah, grieving yeah, for you for a loved one or or a hamster, 100%. if you can't help how your body responds to that, and no, you, you know can't. what, it all grief should be respected equally. Do you know some of the comments I have on, on me on my Facebook? You know, some nasty people on there, but some of them are like just a dog. I hate that. Yeah, how many times yeah, do you hear that? It's yeah. just a dog. It's never just a no, dog. No, it's not just a dog at all. That was it's a cat person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This thing is it might be just, it's just a hamster. It's just a fish. Yeah. It's just a bird. It's just a whatever, yeah. you know. It's just it's a nothing. It's yeah, because it's, it's something whatever. to you. Right. Whatever yeah. it is to that person. Yeah. And then you see what it's yourself, that is a life. That's a life. It's yeah. it's yeah. still a life. Why is one life exactly. it, it more insignificant than another? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Just and the it, father and is again, it, again, just exactly. this is this is the uh, this is the everyone's personal evolution, you know, everyone's growth and you and, and before that, as a, as as you know, a youngster, I would not have thought of the world like that. I probably would have said, "Oh, it's just a hamster, it's just a fish." But you know, a life is a life, and we can't judge anyone for how they grieve because yeah. sometimes it catches you off guard. It really and I don't does. think there's anything, you know, on that. I don't think there's anything wrong whatsoever in allowing people or respecting people's beliefs or yeah. you know it's not a mocking 100%. thing we may not we may think well we look at it more rationally if somebody thinks do you know what my dog grieves i do believe that my dog yeah. can feel grief there is scientific support as well to say that my dog can if it gives you comfort good for you, good for you. yeah well do you know what there are things that people can do practically when they're experiencing the loss of a dog particularly um, if it's a dog that they're close to, and particularly if they're in a multi-dog household. And we'll be back with some really good practical advice and some listener questions after the break. Welcome back. We've got some great practical advice if you have been struggling with experiencing the loss of a dog. So, gents, in your experience, what can we do? 
The routine's the main, a, a big one for a dog. Dogs are more likely respondent to a change of environment. So, you know, as a rough example, I, I, I've, I've spoke about this in, in the past. When I recently lost my Staffordshire Bull Terrier, Jeffrey, last year, um, he was with R- Ralph, me other bull breed, predominantly like his his whole through his whole life mm. yeah, that we, that when we got since we got Ralph and as soon as we let him out in the morning he'd run around the garden mm-hmm. well guaranteed if I had to let Ralph out in the garden and there's no one to run around with that's a big change to his environment yeah. which is not which is going to contribute towards the stress of what why is the, yeah. these things changing it's so what routine yeah, isn't so it? so I gave him the same outlet I opened the door and I threw the ball for him he still got to run around the garden um Many things, you know. If you if you if there's a certain time of the night where your dogs start rolling around the, the the ground together, have a little play of tug with them. Try and keep the routine as much the same and slowly change it to how you how you now want your life to be. That's a real good way of keeping your dogs um, relate relating to the environment the same as when the other dog was there before. Mm. So it's a more gradual change of. Context. It's a more gradual change. It doesn't hit them yeah. like a freight train. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and actually, if they are experiencing the loss from a change of, the change of routine, if you like, because they would have synchronised their behaviours when they were living together, then that's one way of mitigating that. That's it, yeah. Isn't it? Do what you would normally do. You know, dogs are they're pattern creatures. They like routine. They like consistency. Mm. You know, keep that consistency going. If you're doing it with eyes that are absolutely full of tears and hands that are trembling so much that you can't throw a ball very well or whatever, then so be it. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. Um, and if you want to feel that your dog is grieving feel that your dog's grieving yeah. but just keep things like you're saying keep things as they are keep things normal keep to routines don't yeah. you know don't necessarily overthink mm, or yeah. over project that emotion yeah. you know um because i don't think it will really do either yourself or the dog yeah. much good because it's like i'm in this terrible situation you're in this we're in this terrible yeah. situation whereas you, it's you emotional know, contagion right, yeah, whereas yeah. you know that you could be feeling really miserable and your dog can do just like the slightest thing that raises a smile yeah. do you know what i mean and can help yeah, to sort of like break you on and, and go, going on out. from that if you're lucky enough to have a dog an elderly dog and you've enjoyed all them years but you know that time's coming be proactive have a conversation about euthanasia as a family and make a list make a, a list of all the things that that dog might do with the other dog the interactions they have if there's certain times if there's certain triggers and think how can we how can we Make a more compatible, be- give them a compatible behavior. So, um, that's the wrong way of saying Incompatible behavior. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So you're, you're preparing for it. Yeah. So you can work. You can out prepare what for it. And doing yeah, yeah. And, and if you put something in place. hundred percent. And if and at the time it happens, if you're noticing, if you're noticing changes of behaviour, for example, your dog would normally be content on his bed, but now he's pacing around the living room. Pop a lead on him and sit with him for a bit. Yeah. Give him a stroke. Just sit with him. Don't 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 allow that pacing to to perpetuate a, 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 a further you know emotive response. They're not practicing a behaviour that you don't want yeah, them to do. That's it. Yeah. So would you say pop a house lead on them? Yeah, you just, could pop a house. Yeah. Lead on them for a bit. Let what's them settle that, down. What's a house lead? If I don't know what a house yeah. lead is, what's, well, what's just a, just a, just just a, just a lead, or you can, or if you have a long line that you only use in the house, we say house lead because if you're using it outside, you're going to get mud through your house. But yeah, <laughs> you could just be a normal your normal dog lead. Just stop yeah, yeah. them practicing the behaviour that you know is going to take them on that ladder of arousal that they can only climb. And sorry, a ladder of anxiety that they're only going to climb. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good one. And we should say actually, in the set here, we've got some of the dogs. Um, that have actually died. And oh yeah, it would be a nice this way to golden retriever. This was one yeah. way. That's right. We got lucky there. The golden retriever. The miniature schnauzer. Yeah. And so there is something. If you have lost a dog, looking at how 
how what helps you to grieve yeah. what helps you to remember those so you know little things like having photographs yeah. in in places that give you comfort is a really good way of doing it or from you've your dog's a, point you've got, got a ring haven't this, you this i i carry brody around there oh gonna start me off again oh, i carry sorry. brody around everywhere with me i had his ashes put into a ring i wear it i never take it off um brody brody's legacy will always live on is he's, he's the logo to me company that that, that day is brody yeah. it was a picture of brody that I um I silhouetted out and, and he became yeah. he became me logo you know there's there's they, they live on they, they do, live and, on yeah. and for Brody I mean there's a there's an amazing legacy with Brody because you changed the way that you train based on that dog yeah, yeah. and you've helped thousands, thousands. of dogs yeah. based on the interactions that you had with Brody yeah, yeah. so his legacy lives on and every dog that yeah, you've stopped yeah. being euthanized because you've rehabilitated yeah. and it them. doesn't That's have incredible. to be it doesn't have to be something as significant as that it just has to be personal to you. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think that 100%. grief for pe for people and for dogs doesn't need to be seen as being this crippling, debilitating yeah. emotional state, you know. But but rather something that is necessary to go yeah. through, you know. As it's I say, whether they feel it or whether they don't, you know, yeah. we, we can never ask yeah. them as such. But if they yeah. do, allow them to go through it without intensifying. Yeah. If they don't, yeah. just and go as, through it. And as we touched on with, with Sab before, when, she, when you mentioned the chemo signals, that might be, it's not something I've played with as a dog trainer, but it might be something um, to take note of if your your mood can be contagious to your mm -hmm. dog. So if you really are grieve, grieving, you're really upset, but it's five o'clock and it's time to take the dog for a walk. Yeah. Maybe th maybe maybe incorporate a bit of distance in your walk. Throw the ball at distance. Don't spend so much time in close space. You know, it's it's something I'd, I'd be I'd be interested to go and play mm. with. You know, one mm. day hopefully I don't have to do it too soon. But um, it, it is something worth taking note. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's just those little ways that you can seek comfort for yourself. Right. Do the best thing for your yeah. dog. Yeah, that's the main one. On. Do is. do what's right it for is. your dog. Try not to pour your heart into your dog and add to a further stressful. Um, the, the fear, the stress of the environment changing so suddenly. Well, we've got some great listener questions this week. Jamie, what are they? I'm going to start with question one, which is always a great question <laughs> to start with. Every time. Every Can't help time. Thinking, your mind Look, just goes it's down a that serious path. episode. <laughs> ah. Just bringing in a little bit of you. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, been, it's been every episode. This. Let's yeah, lighten the mood. Let's lighten the mood. Question one. Are dogs labelled as bonded pairs an example of love or is it codependency? Oh. What do you think? Oh. Well, Again, I love you. there's no doubt dogs, dogs are fond of each other. And if you have a group of dogs, some dogs are more fond of, of you know, two of them will run off together all the time and two of them won't. That usually to me, you know, I see that as they give that dog what that dog wants. So if, you know, if it's little Lenny, this is Lenny, my dog, my, my little terrier. Ralph runs around the garden with him because he'll jump on his back and roll around and play oh. with him all the time. Whereas Flint, my Labrador, he's very aloof. Flint runs around the garden, sniffing the air, looking for pheasants and ducks and everything else that mm -hmm. might be there. So Ralph doesn't really bother with Flint because he doesn't give him anything. Whereas Lenny will chase him round and then he can chase Lenny round and then they'll roll round. So one might say, oh, he loves him more. But I think they, they, they mutually share the same interests in the same way that we, we, we might pick a friend because they... they they or we might be drawn towards another person because they mm. share same interests and no doubt that the more they're involved in that sort of interaction then the closer they become is it love i think again we we you know it's a very complex emotion to um to we did, we to did push. a podcast on this, yeah right, we've on yeah, this, yeah, on yeah we've very, got a previous episode on it there. um if you want to check that episode out <laughs> <We've>, um, <laughs> i once went out again, with someone i once went out with, with this guy who told me that he loved me and you know when it there's like that awkward silence and i tried to say 
I really like you, but it oh, came out wrong. Down. I know, yeah. Oh, no, that would no. gone down well, I, wasn't it? I was worse. I said, I'm in like with you. <laughs> I'm in like with fantastic. you. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. What was next? Yeah. What was in next? Could have been worse. Could have been. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's sweet. Yeah. So, sweet. so let me go on. Going back on the on the on the question, uh, um, I, I love that. I love that weird b- then bonded pair. I think, in my opinion, you know, given given the Ralph and Lenny example, the more a dog is practicing, you know, an outlet for their particular interests drives, then yeah, they become more bonded. It becomes habitual. They they as soon as they go out, where's Lenny? What's he doing? Is he, is he running at me? It, it is a bonded pair. They are more, far more bonded in Lenny's only what now. Eight nine months, yeah. but he gives Ralph far more than Flint will ever uh-huh. give him. Everyone's very quick in this industry to pick on that. Like you could say, "Oh, look at them; they love each other." And someone will be in your comments: "Dogs don't love dogs." Don't love. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's okay to say these things. Yeah, it's okay it's to say, "Oh, he loves them, doesn't he?" Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like when we, you know, when we touched the, the the episode on jealousy, I've said loads of times. We we know that it's it's not it's a very complex emotion, and they're not going to feel it in the way that we do. But I've said many times, "Oh, yeah, jealous get." Yeah. Yeah, you just you just do. Who it's, wants it's, to live their life in that detached yeah, mechanism? Yeah, Stick, sort no, of like, not you at all, know. yeah. Question two. This one's quite a long one. This is a okay. long question, yeah. I've got two rehomed slash rescue dogs. Both were early adults at two to three when they came to us. I believe I gave them both good lives. But do you think uh, the enforced change of human or person affects them negatively in any way? They adapt to their new homes and to people. But do you think, given the choice, they would return to their OG circumstances? What's OG circumstances? Original gangster. Original gangster. But not anybody under the age of 40. I think we'll go with OG. They're they're original circumstances. So they have a really cool gold chain. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of tattoos. Yeah. So um, do you think, given the choice, they'd return to their original circumstances? We're not talking about abuse and we're not talking about neglect cases just changing circumstances uh, due to the re-home this podcast is about understanding the differences between dogs and people but sometimes we can draw um, examples to make information relevant if you change from one job role to another you feel the change it takes yeah. time to adapt and dogs are not too dissimilar you know you, you have to you have to make allowances and allow them to change and dogs are usually a product of their environment so you might find it depends how long the change is, is, is happened for. If they've been in an environment for 12 months, but f- five years in this environment, well, this is their, their, um, their, their known now. If you've, if you've just taken them and you're talking two weeks and you take them back, they'll probably revert to being a product of that environment. So it sounds like this per- person's speaking something similar to that, where they're saying it isn't a neglect case, it isn't an abuse case, they've just been taken and brought into this home. Is it the right thing to do? Will it negatively affect I guess it's a grief them? question, actually, isn't it? It's, do, the, do the dogs grieve that I think, change of person no I think they I think like us they adapt and overcome yeah, yeah. I think so yeah, I think yeah. so they, things, things they live it again they live in the now yeah. you live in the now your yeah. dog's not sat there going oh do you remember when I was in Romania the weather was much better <laughs> do you, they don't live in, in past context they live in the now and they just adapt to the environment around them to suit them am I being fed can I get water you know yeah. am I comfortable am I out of the elements yeah. train no. many dogs for people and yeah have never once witnessed like Oh my God, I miss anyone. They might have a bit of anxiety about the, the change of environment, but I always give you know clear homework. This is how you're to interact with your dog two weeks prior to me taking the dog. This is how the dog, where the dog when sleeps, when the dog sleeps. Yeah, so yeah. I mimic what they, they're mimicking what I'm going to give to make yeah. that transition yeah. much easier and less stressful. Yeah. Um, if, if, 
If you take a dog from an environment where they have complete freedom and they roam around four acres of land and you put them in a crate for 24 hours, then they're going to stress. Yeah, <laughs> do you absolutely. know what I mean? There's Which I would change. never advise to do. Um, so, yeah, it's I don't it. think there's many dogs that you'd take from a rescue centre environment and bring into a loving home environment that would pine no. the previous environment no. yeah. that they were, that they were in, you know? Point. Yeah. Uh, right. What about dog icks? What about dog icks? We have a few dog icks. We've got a bit light-hearted now. Give me some icks. Okay. Ick we me. <laughs> with your with them stick. <laughs> with them? With them? <laughs> oh, God. We've got Christy from Newton Butts, which I believe is not too far from where we are now. Um, there are no bad dogs, just bad owners. Mm. That's a big ick. It That's is, a big ick for is. me. I'm probably icked out And right I pre now. I'm pretty sure that at least 50% of the audience watching this podcast will, will be led to believe that. But contrary to popular belief, genetics matter. Mm. You can do everything right by your dog, but genetically, your dog might just be a bit more anxious. Your dog might become reactive. Your dog, you, 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 you know, your terrier might want to aggress towards small fluffies. Mm. Your leeches want, might want to run off and chase rabbits or predate, it, you know, yeah. just because, and, and again, controversially, bullies, remember what they were originally bred for. They, they, they can show, a, you know, raise levels of aggression towards yeah. um, dogs. And sometimes people, just like any other dog, just because that happens does not mean that the owner is a bad dog owner. It, it, genetics matter. Mm. What, do you, what would you say, guys? But also, also, it depends on your definition of bad, doesn't it? If the yeah. dog is doing what it's genetically predisposed yeah. to do, who are we to tell them that that's bad? It might be maladaptive yeah. it's in bad the environment for our that society. it's in. Yeah, 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 it's maladaptive for the environment yeah. that it's living in. Therefore, it needs to be dealt with. Yeah. But does that necessarily make it yeah. bad because this it's is, being what it's This being? is the most common comment that frustrates me on any of my social media platforms. You're properly icked out right now. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, well, I, I, I'm pissed off, right? <laughs> so I, I, I deal a lot with human aggressive dogs. And when the owner brings that dog to us, we I put before and after videos of the initial assessments and then a post regular progress videos. And it absolutely mortifies me, the amount of comments of owners, typical owners, it's never the dog, always the people. And I'm like, then people have gone out their way to travel, sometimes from the top mm. of Scotland right down to London to come and see me, made an effort, booked time off work, paid to put the time in to rectify this dog. How in, how in God's green air for these bad dog owners? Yeah. They're absolutely not. They haven't done anything. And I'll, I'll get rid of another myth as well. I've never, ever, ever had a dog come to me that has started to aggress on people because it's been abused. I've never seen that. Every dog, without fail, I can't think of one exception that has come to me for uh, they've started biting people is absolutely spoilt rotten. Yeah. They've got owners that absolutely love them to bits. You know, f you know, they get everything they want. Everything's on a plate. Just, just it's never just, happened. Just so, so listening to what you said there, just to clarify that. So what you're you're not saying is that dogs that are abused cannot then become aggressive. What you're saying is that the dogs that you've got who've yeah. come to you haven't been abused. Yeah, they, yeah. they may still dog, have aggression Any dog, issues, just like any person, abused. can become aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is... the um, They're not abused dogs that people no, are bringing they're not, to you. They're it's not dogs. abused dogs that are, that, are, that, are, that are typically aggressive. It's dogs that are in loving homes. Yeah. It's because, going back to this, it's not the owners. Genetics matter. And dogs, dogs are... 
dogs will raise levels of aggression to communicate. You'll see it all the time, you know, with your dogs running around. One of them wants something, I've had enough. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave. I'll, yeah, I'll leave that base. I only say sabs because they've been running around. Yeah, we've got studio. the dogs in the studio. Yeah, we've got the us. dogs in the studio. Who let them out? Yeah. Uh, what? Who? 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 So, yeah. the people at home. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when a dog's when a dog's aggressing, it's a normal canine response. <laughs> Producer Will just told me that Jimmy just kicked Luther off the sofa as we were saying that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So let, let me bring it back down to you know yeah, when cool. dogs aggress. It's not bad. It's just not acceptable in a human society. Dogs will aggress. If a, do- a dog can't say, listen, I'm feeling a little bit scared. Can you give me space? So they go, Ugh. and if you go, whoa, they go, okay, that works. Yeah. I'll use that again. Then you'll get someone who goes, whoa, he's growling. So now they raise that aggressive response and they go, oh, freaking hell, he's getting a bit worse there. And, and they go, oh, that creates more space. I'll do that. And now they're on this cycle of it getting yeah. worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Likewise, some dogs just like us, you know, sitting too close to me piss off you know it can come from yeah. nowhere you yeah. start leaving your dog with loads of freedom he jumps on the couch and now you go come on get off I'm yeah. comfortable it, we've just got to learn how to communicate with Absolutely. our dogs a little bit better and I, I would just say on that as well is that we've got this sort of like you know there's no bad dogs society has created this disnified view yeah. of what of what a companion Ooh, like animal should you like I it? do yeah what about yeah, yeah. a disnification funnel yeah yeah sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they go yeah. down a disnification oh, funnel yeah yeah <laughs> Disney, Put a bag Disney of them. Funnel or tunnel? Yeah. No funnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're actually putting them down into that. It's a lot harder to wear bracky dogs. But society, ha- you know, in, in all seriousness, you know, th- there is this sort of like um, ideal that is perpetuated in the media that is perpetuated, yeah. you know, to say that dogs need to be a certain way rather than accepting. They are animals. Yeah. You yeah. do have different variations within individuals, and sometimes yeah. they don't. And when you start to view them as children, it becomes very startling when you see these yeah. sorts of behaviours. Yeah. yeah. We love questions here on the Dog Scholar, so please carry on sending them in. And Jamie, if someone would like to, how can they get in touch? At Dog Scholar Podcast on social media, if you want to get in contact with us, there is our at. Um, also, you can email us um, using podcast at thedogscholar.com I almost forgot it myself that's all we've got time for this week we hope you enjoyed it if you did please share it with a friend and if they don't like it maybe the dog's wrong and finally over to Danny for the final thought dogs live in a blissful world of ignorance they're not really aware of their own mortality so let's keep it that way don't displace your emotions on your dog and think what's best for them yeah. here, here. sound nice one see you next week